Animals don't behave like men, he said. Oh yeah. If they have to fight, they fight, kill they kill. Oh yeah. But they don't set their wits to devise ways of spoiling others' lives. Oh yeah. They have dignity and animality. Hello and welcome to the Rules of Acquisition, a podcast where we will be going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the greatest TV show of the 90s. Or, or maybe, or the Soprano. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's the best sci-fi show before the other ones. <laughs> Let's uh, go with that. That's clean. You don't have to deal with it. <laughs> I mean, the Sopranos is pretty good, y'all. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Me, as always, is uh, James Nolan. Hey guys. And Hugh Crawford. Hello, gentlemen. And my name is Wade Bowen. And yep, we're talking about an episode called. Starship Down? Mm. That is correct. This is episode six of season four. Uh, It originally aired on November 6, 1995, and the IMDb description is as follows. A damaged defiant must play a dangerous game of cat and mouse with two Jem'Hadar ships inside a gas giant. That's it. Just one simple sentence. And that's... Yeah. But, I mean, and other character development happens yeah, yeah so. stuff happens but yeah that broad strokes that's that's what this is it's mm-hmm. it's just a submarine fight basically right yeah yeah how did i this this was this is like a necessary episode like it's a it's a link in the chain here it's a it's a necessary episode in a few different ways i think but it doesn't exactly there's some good stuff here. We've got James Cromwell as the guest star. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. With some excellent excellent scenes with 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 Quark. Yeah. So we got, was, and this was James Cromwell right before like he shot off. Like he he got like I think he won the Oscar, right? Like the next year. For what? Babe? So, for Babe, yeah. I think. He won for Babe, didn't he? Uh, I'm already on IMDB, so <laughs> I'm gonna find out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he he's not Zephram Cochran yet. Yeah, he's not Zephyr, but Babe came out the same year, and so he he had been in nominated. No, just nominated, nominated oh, for I one Oscar. Oh, okay. He was nominated in 1996 for the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor, Best Actor in a Supporting Role. But mm. It does not show a win. But yeah. he won a Primetime Emmy in 2013 for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Miniseries or Movie. For American Horror Story. Uh, oh, so, yeah, yeah. He was loved in that. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, like, he went on in the next few years. He had done L.A. Confidential, and he'd done, obviously, First Contact. Yeah. He'd been, like, a, he's a great actor. He's, Babe Pig in the City. Babe Pig in the is City my, is a great. My favorite great, of the Babe movies. Uh, the second best George Miller movie. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, no. So, I mean, he went off. Obviously, he's he's a first. He's a world-class actor. And, apparently, he's close friends with Armin Shimmerman. Oh, yeah. Because they're both uh, L.A. Shakespeare trained folk, so yeah. and capitalism is a cancer. But <laughs> capitalism is a cancer, and apparently he went to jail for it. So <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe that James Cromwell is currently in jail or on, on parole or something. Yeah, he's yeah. or yeah, yeah. For uh, I guess was this? Uh, I didn't read the whole thing. Is he is he tied with? Uh, is this a part of the pipeline thing or? Yeah, it's, I think that's what yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's always been an advocate for Native American causes. Yeah, he's the kind of guy that chains himself to trees, that kind yes. of thing. Yeah, and and I I kind of admire that. I think yeah, increasingly, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah I, I think that there was a period in my t- in my life where I probably 
I rolled that level of activism right, yeah, with yeah, actors, yeah. and now, now I'm, you know, <laughs> yeah. so I mean, yeah, he's not Susan Sarandon. Yeah, um, well, yeah, I don't. Well, maybe he voted. He might have voted for Jill Stein. I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, who knows? But yes, yeah, increasingly true. the uh, come on, guys, things are getting better. Don't be hysterical. That's uh, an untenuous position, I think. <laughs> right. To, to have right. right now. <laughs> yeah. I'd say that's putting it lightly. I gotta say, I think it's a mixed bag. Oh, I didn't hate this episode. I, I, I was, I was gonna say, I saw that it was written by David Mack. Yes, not the art writer artist of Kabuki. <laughs> not, not, not Kabuki. No, no Star Trek uh, nerds know exactly who he is though, because he's wrote the yes, the, he wrote a lot of books. Yeah, he's and the the ones that they say that they should have made. The new Star Trek series should have based in the post-Nemesis timeline, like the David Mack books, blah, 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 that I have not read, but they're supposed to be great. I don't know. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, so, like, they're all in, like, so he's got his own little sphere. He's not just writing, does he have his own characters, or does he deal with, like, pre-existing um, characters? I think no, it's, deals, it's Troy, and it's, it's, it's Troy and Riker uh, have their own ship called the Titan. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. And then he, I don't know. I mean, this is all hearsay. We, I guess we shouldn't spend too much time on it. He resolved the Borg. Oh, really? Yeah, apparently. I don't know what he How did. How did he, he resolved? Like, there, there's like, like a, there's the timeline in the books now. There's big, there's a huge paradigm shift in all the Trek literature. And it's all from a series that he wrote. And oh. they put out books like every week or something. So it's like a big deal. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, he's been winning like. I don't know, like sci-fi writing awards for these Trek books. He won one last year, so I mean, like he's yeah, he's yeah. Okay, I mean, so this 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 episode has the pedigree. Well, it's, yeah, this is a foundation. This is yeah, this is where I got started. I don't know. Nerds are screaming at us right now because we don't know what yeah. the fuck we're talking we about. No book. We don't know no book. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, uh, we don't call them nerds. We like to call them experts. Oh, oh okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sure. I mean, I say that with affection. Yeah. We're we're three guys who have a Star Trek podcast, so <laughs> we, we, yeah, 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 yeah. We can't convincingly say we're not nerds, <laughs> right? So yeah, this one was was a little bit all over the place. Basically, it's a submarine episode, right? Is we're going to reduce it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the actual plot really isn't that. I mean, they get in a gas giant and they get in a space fight, and people are under. Stress. And I guess. Yeah, I mean, floor, it breaks into essentially four different plot lines, right? Yeah. Yep. So you have okay. So you have Kira coming to terms with the fact that she has to be around Cisco and like worship him, which is weird. Right. Right. Um, which is interesting, and I'm glad that they've like they're mining that territory because that's. And then the second one is Quark and uh and Farmer Hoggett. Yeah. Hannick is his name. Hannick, who's got like some serious like uh, llama face going on. Yeah, it's with the Karama, which <laughs> we've actually met the Karama before. Are they when they're are they like talking about Tullaberry wine, but just not yes. saying Tullaberry wine here? They were the ones where the uh, the people from the gym yeah, took the, them. Uh, yeah. It took them to meet the car, and I can't. Every time they said that, I thought they were the caramel. We're gonna save the caramels. <laughs> the the caramel. The oh. Yeah, the caramels. Yeah, we're gonna save the caramels. But yeah, so I guess they're debating over their practices and schemes and capitalism right. and shit. Yeah, capitalism. Uh, oh, he's got some. Yeah, uh, Zephyr Cochran don't like capitalism or you 
are despicable. Doesn't like uh, corrupt capitalism. Very yeah, much. yeah, he's very rigid. Very, very. Well, he's rigid. playing hoity-toity. Yeah, he plays hoity-toity with Quark. With Quark. Yeah, about, well, about his principles. Right, because well, Quark has been conning, been been cheating them, and they kind of clarify that they've been dealing with the Ferengi because they don't want to piss off the Dominion mm-hmm. by dealing with the Federation directly. Except they are dealing with the Federation just through the Ferengi, and I guess that pisses off the Dimidar because when those two ships show up, well, it pisses off that they met them, that they met with the Federation. That was like that the they he had to. I guess that they were getting irritated that Quark was. Uh, finger finger fingering the scale right putting his finger on the scale adding all of these unnecessary fees he's like he's like comcast <laughs> like they add all, <laughs> right. all of these unnecessary fees and charges right. to drive your, your or or i guess well, any he, airline right but he's lying he's saying there are federation taxes and stuff so he's deal. they are dealing with the federation just through the Ferengi. Yeah, but they, uh, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. It's and then when Cisco's there <laughs> looking over his shoulder, he's like, "Quark is the Donald Donald Trump Jr. of this whole situation." <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. So yeah. So um, and then and when the when the Jim Hadar figure out that he had, took a meeting with them, they are pissed. Yes, they were super pissed. Yes. Then we have the Wharf and O'Brien and a bunch of characters that we've never seen before. Right. Yep. Oh yeah. We're keeping yeah. track of the. How this is all like quartered up. Worf is mean to people that we don't know, so it's quick for us to forgive him for it. (laughs) Right. Well, Worf learned way too much from Captain Jellicoe is what it sounds like. Yeah. Good call. Very good call. He's just like an unbending kind of dick to everybody. And O'Brien is like, dude, you got to calm down. But unlike Jellicoe, like Worf can take advice. But yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, well, well, oh, okay. And so, and I liked, I particularly like O'Brien in this episode. Like, I think he, he, uh, you get to see O'Brien in his element because he seems so low key. He's so low key that yeah, yeah. Even when he's like, because there, there was times in this where he had to be like, sort of, to have like these sort of sharp barbs against that one guy who's uh, nervous, and he's like, you know, shut the fuck up, get your job done. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Steven. Like the way he does that, it like a very it's a very interesting sort of fun way to watch. So it's 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 character in a way that, you know, sometimes guys just say the lines that are, you know, you would think that a character says, but O'Brien says things in a different way and his whole demeanor is an interesting sort of approach and, and watching him contrast with Worf was fun in this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, that that definitely worked. That was strong. Right. There's some strong work yeah. there. And then we had everybody's we- like, like, Worf is a dick. He's like, oh, man, I know this guy way back. He's a friend of mine. So, like, he knows how to deal with them. And yeah, Worf- he's like, these guys are these guys aren't necessarily soldiers. Like, these are engineers, you know, like yeah, they're yeah. Here. problem solvers. <laughs> yeah, know. they're all enlisted people like me. They didn't go to the academy. He says, yeah, hoity toity. They're not bridge officers. They haven't made to Starfleet Academy. Engineers, <laughs> their skills are in operate. Yeah, their skills are in operations. Their skills are figuring out things, and you just let them. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting sort of plot, and then it and then it goes, and then it comes back around. Where at the end, then O'Brien thinks that Worf is being a little too loose with the, right. with the stat. You know, so that's like the little button at the end where he's like, "Hey, right. you, can't, well, you can't let him go too far." Right. Yeah. Well, even even before uh, O'Brien tells Worf to like like let up on him a little bit. They're they're throwing some sass at O'Brien too. Like the one guy, the Jim Hadar attack. He's like, "Hey, man, it's okay. Captain Cisco has gotten out of out of yeah, worse stuff. Yeah. You know, last year when we were, the Romulans had were going against the guy, and the guy's like, "Yeah, I heard this before." I know, Chief. Uh, you've told me the story. Oh, yeah. were you, and then O'Brien's like, "Well, well, unless you want to hear it again, 
You better get down to the torpedo bay and start working on those probes. If you don't want to hear it again. You, fuck you. you. Yeah, you want to hear it again? Get the fuck out of here. Unless you want to hear it again, I would do my fucking job about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got salty with him, yeah. Yeah. And then there's the worst storyline. Do we want to say <laughs> now, that? Now, wait a minute. He's going to go different on this. Which, which storyline? What's, what's, what's uh, left? Dax and Bashir <laughs> in, a fr- in, a, in a closet? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, trapped in a closet. There should be a there should be an R. Kelly Bashir mashup <laughs> somewhere out there on YouTube, right? <laughs> we look that, hard yeah. enough. Yeah, been, every time you get out, they pull you back in to the friend zone, just just like his <laughs> sex cult. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. He's <laughs> They're in the closet, and it deals with Bashir's closeted love of Dax. Like they're really stomping on Dax lately. She's like, yeah, but I think they she's been g- rejected twice. Yeah. I think they're softening the ground for something, but well, she's been rejected twice. Well, and- you know, before uh, Worf had his scene with uh, with O'Brien, he was on the deck with Kira. Yeah, they, uh-huh. they they had some scenes together again this week, and now that you mention it, from the first time he arrived till like this episode. The, you know, they've had a scene together once, you know, at yeah. least once yeah. Uh, yeah, every yeah. time. Yeah, I'm telling you, they're, that that's what they're doing. But I did read something, uh, I don't know if it was this episode or something for a future episode, where they didn't, apparently every script was was locked up until sort of Kalis, uh, except for Way of the Warrior. Episode two through this was locked when Rick Berman came in and said, you got to put Worf in the show, which is why Worf has been getting like like table scraps oh. in, these, in these episodes. They had to like go back into the old scripts and stick him in. But that's why Man, he's like, you know the guy who played Eddington has to just hate <laughs> yeah. Michael Dorn, right? God damn it, just <laughs> yeah, because it was probably you talk about Ed- table scraps, yeah. man. <laughs> but I bet you that's what it was. I bet that Eddington was the one that was trying to catch Quark in the scheme that Odo that he didn't trust Odo. I bet, uh, or the Eddington was going to ride the guys too hard. Yeah, yes, yeah. I bet Eddington got these roles. I bet that those were written for Eddington, so they had to rework them. And so probably on the fly, I think is they were trying to do some Kira Wharf stuff, and then I think sort of Kalis is the first time that they really like worked a story right that with, i mean we haven't gotten there obviously but yeah obviously that one was written with wharf in mind yeah yeah that, that's that's got a lot of wharf <laughs> yeah <laughs> not saying why yeah people but you'll know yeah it's it's and it's good i mean it's a yeah but it's a it's a big wharf episode so they that's why he's sort of relegated to the shadows okay yeah i did notice plot. that yeah i mean I think we talked about it like last week or something, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where they're going here. But yes, I still think they were they were definitely giving them scenes together between Kira and, and Worf. Okay, so you almost defended the closet scene, Hugh. What are your thoughts on it? It's awful. I'm just... Oh, <laughs> oh, oh shit. I, I was about to say, <laughs> I thought there was some good stuff between the... No, the no. Kira, the, it's I the mean, writer's the, admission that they're not following. Like, they didn't do... It's the writers basically saying, "Hey, look, we 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 laid some groundwork in season one that he was a horn dog after Dax, and then we mm-hmm. ignored Dax for almost two seasons, <laughs> right? And we have barely done much. We've made Julian do silly voices for two seasons and play darts and racquetball, and so now we're gonna cram a bunch of character work, you know, in a in a." when they're stuck in a meat locker or whatever. It does feel like a step back in some ways to go back to him burning a torch for Dax because it's like, mm-hmm. 
I feel like they got over that way back in, like, even in Meridian or something, which I can't believe I'm bringing up that episode. I can't remember which, if it was that one or not. It was somewhere around there where he's like, oh, well, you know, we're friends now and I'm, you know, I'm not doing that anymore. But then this season they're like, oh, yeah, he's horning after Dax, except, except he's over it. He's like, He's been friend zoned, and he's like last one. He was like, "Well, yeah, whatever. I know I shouldn't do this, but I am." But, mm. but then in this one, he's like, "Even yes, I'm friend zoned, but I know it. I'm not going to bother with it anymore because I liked what they did in this one. It's like because I know the game now is where he stands. Like I, you like being chased, and I like you know I saw that you like you know rebuffing me, but now that I'm not doing it anymore, you're a little sad that. And she's like, "Well, why don't you?" It's like, "Well, now I know the game. I don't." Yeah, whatever. she she clearly gave them. I mean, except they're trapped in the, like a, a oxygen deprived closet. Right. But um, uh, like she clearly gave him the "you can invite me to your house tonight" kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's when he kind of shut her down. You know, like yeah, yeah. And and so I think are they doing a thing where I mean they they don't. With Dax they think this show's moonlighting all of a sudden. Well, it was, yeah. will they, will, won't yeah. they, bullshit. Yeah. yeah, but like I was wondering if they're like, because this show doesn't do the best job at carrying over character emotion threads episode to episode. No, it doesn't. Not yet. I mean, but like, but Dax, Dax is probably emotionally vulnerable after what happened last week. And then you go back to like even last year, she fell in love with a man and was willing to throw her life away to live in some sort of like Gunga Din kind of place. And like, and then that, then he rejected her. Well, yeah, uh, for for a person with seven or eight or how many lifetimes, it it is kind of, uh, I don't know, is it shitty how like, how emotionally feeble she is sometimes? Well, I think that that might be that would be the storyline that you can go through is that she's had like these sort of hard love like rejections, yeah, and she's she's going to harden and better herself, or it's going to drive her into some sort of self destructive spiral. But like, I think that she was given Bashir the like, do you want to like? I was wondering if the writers were writing like she was giving the Bashir, do you want to do you want to be a rebound <laughs> like tonight, <laughs> oh, yeah. like it's sort of vibe, and he rejected it smartly, and and like I I don't know. I feel like that she's getting an increase. If you make an emotional thread episode to episode, which they're not doing the best job of, you can make a thread where she's getting, she's in a, she's in a dry spell and she's gone through a lot of like personal crap. Yeah. A lot of emotional turmoil. And yeah. yeah. Yes. She's, she's listening to a lot of Adele. A lot of Adele. <laughs> I think you're reaching there. I mean, oh, I, I think, think I'm you... reaching too. I, I, I just, I don't think there's anything. Yeah. I think they're, I think you're right. I think they're closing out old cases in this episode. Yeah. That's exactly what <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, that's like, right. That's what they're um, doing. Yeah. You could have made that more, more of a thing because, I mean, we know where this is going in a couple of, a few episodes. So uh, it would have been nice to have set the groundwork for that. Right. Right. Another case where I, another storyline in this episode where I thought that they didn't do, by not doing a good emotional thread episode to episode, you lost a lot of emotional power, and that's with the Kira Cisco. Yeah, which, yeah, I felt like which that is too. good. But if that was like a growing tension over multiple episodes, yeah, yeah, that would have been much more satisfying for them to have that sequence together. Yeah, they've mentioned it like they've like made a note of it, so you know it's a thing that they've touched on. But it, yeah. there wasn't really a progression. She's yeah. like, "Oh, we never hang out or anything." It's like, "Well, yeah," but it didn't feel like. Until she says here, like she feels so awkward around him, you yeah. don't get the sense that she has because she's. Yeah, they did do a good job of explaining, like, well, what do we talk about whenever? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what do we usually talk about? We just talk about work. So I mean, work. that seems. I good. felt it, so, yeah, it did. So well, should we talk about what happened 
the, to instigate all this stuff or I guess. We, well, there's some kablooey stuff. I right, mean, they go down. This is starship down, but it, the starship never crashes because they go into a gas giant to save yeah. the Karamash ships that two little uh, June bug Jim Hadar spit ships go down into. And then they're, they're silent running basically. And they have to figure out all these techno babble tricks to find the other ships and do other stuff. But then it's basically Das boot. Isn't it where uh, they can't make noise? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, have, yeah. they have some techno babble where they can't. There's some slight nods to that. That kind I of. I mean, it's a submarine. It's a submarine. I mean, even David Mack admitted that he wanted to write a submarine story. Well, yeah, that's because so. the original one, the best. Oh yeah, original yeah, series yeah. episodes is the yes. submarine story, and it's I think so good. every Star like successful Star Trek should have like a nautical bent yeah. w- reminds you their roots i think yeah. yeah i mean the end of the end of season 3 did a submarine story too i'd almost argue this might be better it mm. just the state nothing big stakes happen it's like it's just it's just showing you the fight that hey remember that we're we fight jim hadar every now and then or that we have to worry about that yeah. Because we haven't, yeah. I don't think you're, I mean, I don't know if I agree with you, but I don't think that that's an invalid statement. Adversaries have got, obviously, bigger stuff happens on adversary. Because you never see any Jim Hadar in person. You see their ships, or obviously. And then, you know, it's very it's much not, like Balance of Terror. Like the, yeah, the yeah. Two. And then they're just, they're in a dogfight, basically. And then there's all these complications that happen. They set up a, uh, a probe with a warhead on it to heat seek the Jim Hadar ship. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, this could go for us if there's not one nearby. And then, Cisco makes a gamble, just like in Balance of Terror, actually, yeah. where he's like, no, I'm pretty sure they're over there. Yeah. And then they, they are over there, but before the warhead blows up the other ship, mm-hmm. it blows the fuck out of uh, the Defiant, and Cisco gets a concussion, and he's... They gotta keep him awake. Kira has to tell him stories. At the same time, Dax has got a lungs fu- lung full of fluorine, and, you know, it's making the frogs gay or whatever. <laughs> and so that, <laughs> They're making her freaking frogs what? She's got that's a lung full of fluorine. That's, and you're, that's, avoiding, you're avoiding all Alex Jones stuff to, out of mental sanity. It's is, is, is causing you <laughs> yeah. from... Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. You're yeah. saying, oh, that was... A, that was an Alex... Sorry, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I have no idea what that is, but... <laughs> yeah, you, it's making the goddamn I, I, frogs yeah. gay. And yeah, I don't, a, I don't, there's too much real life nonsense that I don't go chasing down. Like You gotta, the, the, you gotta make uh, a little space open for some curated Alex Jones. Don't go full uh, Alex Jones, <laughs> but get curated bites of Alex Jones. I saw it's, the Bon Iver thing. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I was like, I didn't enjoy Bon Iver or, or Alex <laughs> Jones. So the mixture of the two is strangely funny. Yeah. Yeah. So um, she's got a lung full of fluorine. Cisco has a concussion. <laughs> Um, and then Quark and uh, Hannock have they have to show that Quark is a level fifteen rogue that can lock pick anything. Yeah, there's no lock that can't be picked because the warhead is lodged into the mess hall where they're stuck. So they have to they have to learn about each other. Then everybody has their pairings where they have to make character development. And Worf goes down to engineering and has to learn how to be a better leader or whatever. This did feel like they had a, like a grocery list of of character stuff that needed to tick off. Yeah, you know? yeah. Which is fine. I mean, like I said, I think it's sort of necessary. It's yeah, nice I, to see. I even really liked the, the Cisco stuff early on that Cisco is cocksure and, and calm always. Oh, creepily oh. calm. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like that I liked, you know, it, it was like my, 21 of my people just died. And he goes, no, they didn't. We're going to go get them. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And everybody just kind of looks at him and he's like, no, we're going to do it. Yeah. I know she wasn't built for it, but I think the ship can handle it. And then, I, yeah. And, and <laughs> that, that Cisco stuff is, is 
great. Yeah, yeah, and, I agree. you know, his everybody has a great idea in this episode. Uh, at one point, Dax is like, "Oh, I'm going to go down. I think I can reroute it through the secondary couplings." Later on, Bryce or Petersons or Stevens or one of the no names might as well be red shirts in <laughs> engineering. <laughs> Must yeah, sure. Absolutely. It says, oh, I think I can, I think we can do this if I just run the power through the secondary coupling. That old trick. But even then when she's down there, they get hit and they have to seal off the deck or whatever. And Dax is still in there. Cisco makes the hard choice. Like Bashir makes his standard at this point. But there's people there. We have to try and save them. And then Cisco says, seal off that deck now. I don't care. Well, he didn't say I don't care. Well, he, he says, just... well, yeah, but he says... <laughs> You know, you're putting words in the man's mouth well, now, Wade. Well, That's not good. It's implied he did that make that decision to kill Dax pretty quickly. Yeah, or to yeah. not seek after Dax pretty quickly. That was that was. I he thought that was, was nice. Cold. He, was he stif- had to do it. I'm not. I'm with he you. He was on this. stifling some emotion there. I think there was some stuff. There was an undercurrent oh, yeah. of stealing yeah. himself against duty. Yeah, no, I don't, really, I don't yeah. think he's an emotionless like. Uh, no, like but Martin Men, I don't think that. I just I like He served that. in wartime. He knows when to make the tough the tough decisions. Mm-hmm. He's trying and, to get everybody home. Yeah. yeah. And I will give Bashir credit. He didn't disobey orders. He did steal that bulkhead. Yeah. He just jumped through it to go save Dax. And she even says, you know, a year ago I just thought would have thought you were trying to be a hero, but now I know you're not a hero. I just know it's just a really stupid thing to do. You're a dummy. Which I she's not. She's not wrong. <laughs> she's not wrong. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't uh, disagree with her. I liked all the stuff. It was when they everybody got separated in their little rooms. You didn't like? You mean like two thirds of the episode? <laughs> well, no, but like that that that's about half, and then that's when the Kira doesn't. How do I love him? Scene with oh yeah, tell, tell 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 me a tell me a story. We we, we talk we you? we talk about work or whatever. Yeah, uh, and then she tells him the stories about man. Bajoran's stories suck. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the three Jordan. brothers of Jokala and yeah. That's been Dakot's theme the whole time. <laughs> Your stories were awful. I, I helped <laughs> yeah. you out. We we made you. We gave you better stories. Yeah, <laughs> stories of suffering. They were better than just like. <laughs> These guys found the biggest kava root that you ever saw, and then and then they make all this money, and then they give it away and go back to the farm where they belong. I do it's, think that they sometimes oscillate with Kira's character into making her like a. Sometimes she's like a she's like Che Guevara, and then there's other times where she's like a like a Mormon. <laughs> like, and, and I right. don't like, and I don't know, and I, I, I don't mind the two as being like, you know, she's got this sort of duality to her of like this dumb. Oh, farm I think girl. that's great. That's and, great. And, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, and I think that's. I think you actually just. If you're, to, if we're talking about terrorists, we could make other religious illusion uh, comparisons with terrorists. Yeah, yeah that's true. But, <laughs> but, but she's kind of. This I don't think she's Taliban rube. either, though. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's true. But she's like a provincial rube. And also like a freedom fighter, you know, like it's this weird sort of mixture and like her and her job puts her in this position to where she's a military hard ass, but she's serving under like her Jesus. (laughs) And so she doesn't like so she fawns after him. She's she's fasting on a holiday in his honor. Oh yeah, but uh, your commander uh, would much rather you just eat something. Yeah, I know that. That that's the Hamara. Is the name of the holiday, I believe, and uh, and, and she's praying for him. Sorry, I wrote it down. I got you. Got to use it if you write it down. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah you it took use me. It. I spent. I had to pause, like, and write this. 
Is there a way um, for you to slow down the audio with the slow motion and when you edit the podcast? So whenever you're, <laughs> you yeah, should lay that over some sick beats, Wade. Make some vaporwave, maybe. That's a term that the kids might be using. That I don't know. Vaporwave. It's like slow. It's yeah. It's it's, it's what Grover Norquist. <laughs> it's it for is. kids it who vape, what, like Grover Norquist. <laughs> I think they got that Kira scene right. Like the situation's interesting. Yeah. But like I didn't like I don't get it right and I feel like you got to actually spend some time on it. That I mean there is this sort of blatant absurdity. She's got to go in to work every morning with her like her lord and savior and she's got to file her TPS report and he's not interested in her religious bullshit. <laughs> right. It's very like this reluctant messiah thing versus that and I like I wish, and I know that it's a bigger story, and they need to take their time. But to have this sort of storyline that was just like it started at the beginning of this episode, that they have tension. Yeah, like, and then yeah, like, you hang out with Bashir, and you play darts, and you you hang out with Dax all the time, but we never hang out. And what do we mm-hmm. talk about? And then he's got the concussions. Like we talk about work. Which is what most people from work talk about. But. Right, right. Yeah, well, that's yeah. Yeah. They're not I, I tell friends. you what, I don't talk to my coworkers about Star Trek. <laughs> well, they I'm sure if they had to keep you alive at work by talking to you, you guys would have a nice conversation yeah. about Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd rather die. <laughs> <laughs> Just let me go. <laughs> yeah, right. Like I think it's a good scene and now I I finally think that both both actors are pretty comfortable in their characters. Yeah. That, that could have been a like a pretty moving thing, like like done later, not wedged into this episode real quick, you know. But yeah, yeah, it's a fine, it's fine. They're not, you know, it's yeah, no harm like no if, foul. I mean, if we get into like what we would change, not even about this episode. Maybe if we're talking about full seasons. Like we haven't seen any scenes where she brings up a emissary thing, or or someone else does, and she gets uncomfortable, and he gives her a look, or something mm-hmm. like that. Or, or he kind of bl- like oh, it's in the that middle. would be that would be interesting. Or it's in the he's kind of frustrated. He's flustered about other things, and she brings it up, and he's like, "God damn it, get that shit out of my face!" Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, know, yeah. Like, <laughs> give that dumb, get me, get your dumb religious bullshit out of my face. And then she goes home and cries. Yeah, and then um, he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry that that was I yeah, wasn't yeah. feeling you know." And then he gets all federation about it and apologizes, but like when he's flustered, he's like, "What? No, <laughs> but you have to understand, I'm not interested in all this." Yeah, no, it's an interesting situation, and I and I like this situation. I just didn't like how it was done and i also don't like how it ends like at the end of the episode everybody's fine you've watched the episode everybody yeah you know at the end everybody's fine and he goes like would you like to go watch a baseball game and i would just love that that was delicious there's nothing more awkward than whenever she's talking about hot dogs and putting on you know he's talking about hot dogs <laughs> right. and she has to hot, put that hat on hot dogs <laughs> they you eat dogs like what oh that grin when she puts on that hat was priceless i thought about making that new my new Twitter profile picture. That's <laughs> yeah. how much I enjoyed that image. And, and he she, puts on the hat, and I'm like, what kind of hat is that? And, oh, somebody in the costume shop made a hat for the Pike City Pioneers, I'm pretty sure. Uh, was, it, was it a P? It was a P. I, it had to have oh, been the Pike yeah. City Pioneers. Probably yeah. his girlfriend gave it to him. Cassidy, yeah. is that, yeah. yeah, Cassidy Yates is, yeah. yeah her brother's and, uh, Yes, it's not the classic baseball cap that they. No, it's not the Niners hat. And it just it it was weird, totally, because a it came off like a like it came off like he was asking her on a date, which is weird. And we know (laughs) I know he isn't, and we all know he isn't, but it just came off that way. 
Like, he was asking her on a date. And second, it was like, yeah, she'll really love that. Why don't you mansplain some sports to her? Like, <laughs> she does. She does love this that. Is, this is some arcade sport. Like, yeah, women love it when you take them to sport events. <laughs> Hey, well, they don't know anything about religious girls like being. Well, I don't. Oh, yeah. I, I don't. Never. Mormons uh, like I, Mormon yeah, girls I, like I, baseball. That's what you're saying. Yeah, like actually, like I take. Uh, man, never mind. I don't want to go down that road. You don't so. want to offend Mormons, girls, and baseball fans all at once. I'll offend Mormons. I just don't want to, you know, insult all women. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's always a goal of ours. Yeah, yeah. or Mormons yeah. too. I actually don't want to offend you either. I mean, yeah, I want everybody to like me, except but, incels and MRAs. I guess. Fuck you. Like, I don't know what you would do to change it, but maybe, maybe you could have asked her what the ceremony in his. I don't know. Maybe it could have also been about like not just like, hey, we need to hang out more, but also like, let me explain your faith in me to me. I guess or something like that would have been some sort of thought. I don't know. He didn't want to do that. He'd rather watch a baseball. I know. Game. It seemed that's why that was the point. It seemed like it was like it was like we got to put a button on the story, but we don't want to actually move anybody from their position. Well, he doesn't want to. De- he wants to relate to her as a person, not as a religious figure. So he doesn't want to talk about it. And so does that really solve her problem? Is if like if she I mean, found out he was irritating and 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 farts in public like that that'll make her more comfortable be- like i don't like i mean i like, think the, the problem, problem is, is that they're not friends they're co-workers and, because she's and jesus religiously weird about him that's why they're not friends if he's not willing to like come off that which you know he wouldn't want to be like okay you can worship me a little bit <laughs> like you know i get well that. yeah well he'd be like hey Maybe if I just bore her talking about baseball and mansplaining, <laughs> she'll be so annoyed with me That's that she won't think of him as a religious figure anymore. It's five-dimensional chess. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm going to date her, but I'm going to make myself gross to her. <laughs> uh, no, okay, so that, that but I mean, all, all told, that storyline was, wasn't, that was fine. It's not the w- strong, it's, yeah. it might be the weakest one. Wait well, those, Wait a minute. Back up. You think that the Kira one's the weakest one? Um, I think it's the maybe. second weakest. All right, let's rank them real quick. I like Farmer Hoggett and Quark a lot, actually. I do too. Yeah. I think that- okay, that's that's e- that's probably number one. Right. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. So you're saying Worf and O'Brien's number two. Yes. And yeah. you're saying Cisco, Kira's number three, and then Bashir and Dad. I'd flip that four. around myself. I'd say Cisco, Kira's the worst. They take a step back and the putting him back into the friend zone kind of thing. But he's not still trying to, like, hor- he's not horn-dogging after her. He's no, grown as a person. Yeah, he, it, he absorbed the friend. Like, he's like, I'm not, like, I'm still your friend, but I, I don't I don't want to fuck you anymore. Yeah. I'm done with that. And I'm like, that's a power move, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they should have done it a season or two ago. That's a, that's a level of evolution that most <laughs> incels don't make it to, so... Like yeah, so I mean that yeah, you're right. They should have done it a while ago. No, I don't think. I think it's touching. Too, listen, it's, listen. Touching on the emissary stuff and the progress that they made addressing that fact that it was an issue for her is far more important to the overall arc of the show than the Bashir Dax stuff. Oh, I agree. Uh, I disagree. I, I mean, maybe I, I disagree. As if, it, if as a checklist, I disagree. As a checklist, the week like that's why I put that. That's why I would put the Kira. Cisco above the Dax Bashir. But would you As put a, on a checklist, it might be more important to do that stuff, but I don't think it was better executed. Oh, I think it was better executed. Yeah, I don't know. I thought that was... Because I thought, I thought, I mean, all, I mean, none of the act, all the actors are doing good jobs here. 
even, you know, yeah. I think uh, Terry Farrell and uh, Alexander Sadiq are doing good jobs too, which we don't say that often. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to make a case that they didn't do a good job. They didn't fuck it I, up. I don't, don't want to make a case that they did a good job either. I, I gave her compliments last week, guys. I don't have to do two weeks in a row. I won't push it too hard. Okay, fine. I'll try to develop <laughs> but, it over the suit. But we've all agreed that the Wharf O'Brien storyline and the uh, Farmer Hoggett. I guess we really should be calling Mark. him Zephyrin Cochran, but <laughs> he's always Farmer Hoggett to me. Yeah, me too. Me too. He's also Rolo Tomasi. I love that. I love LA Confidential. He's great at that. Oh, yeah. Oh, that... man. Yeah, that's a great I, show. I forgot that was his name. Great. Rolo. Rolo. A great name. Rolo yeah, Tomasi. Yeah. yeah. It's a fake name, right? It's a name they made up, but like, yeah, but still. Talk about the court. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. We yeah. About oh, yeah. That Speaking of that thing that we liked a lot, uh, yeah. Well, it's an interesting sort of it's two characters having I mean that that one is the most isolated and like you can just enjoy it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Like it's got a nice little, you know, the work is crazy and free freewheeling and 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 gambly and uh Farmer Hoggett is uptight and they're both they're both like middlemen barter like merchants, you know. Right, right, right. Yeah. I like that so, Quirk throws Rom under the bus immediately. It's like, yeah. I didn't <laughs> yes. see it. And then, yeah, like, oh, it's Rom's fault. You know, he put all this stuff because he doesn't, he's dumb. But then, and then he gets caught and then he just, like, all right, you got me. And then he, then he turns to flattery. He's like, but, you know, okay, sure, I was cheating you, but now it's just you and me. I was cheating you, but you don't understand how bad I've been cheating the Federation. If you want to join sides. <laughs> and the guy's like, that's just not honorable. Like, uh, we have a very specific way of... The Karama believe that merchandise has a set value, determined by the raw materials and the labor involved in creating it. He's, he's definitely more ethical about, like, wanting to trade. And, like, they do this little funny beat where they... The, the big sort of reveal is that a torpedo lodges into their room. And they... It doesn't go off, but they're stuck in a room with a missile. And that's pretty fun. Oh, right. Because um, the guy's like... We we're honorable in all our dealings and yes. we don't try to cheat people. And then the thing gets dislodged in there, and then and it comes out that he was the dealer to the Jimadar for those weapons. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, "I thought you didn't sell shitty work." And he's like, "We don't." And he was like, "These things are supposed to go off, right?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Like, which is a funny like sort of like yeah, that's that's a that's a witticism. Oh, a nice it was a great it was a great situation. Maybe I should offer them a refund. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, and then so. they laugh. <laughs> yeah, they do laugh. And then they go into the whole thing where they got to do the. <laughs> we've got to disarm it, and there's two cords, and we can't fuck up. And we've yeah. You know, it's yeah, there were some, there were some, there were some cliched stuff going on in this episode. Right. I mean, I mean oh, everybody, yeah. everybody had some cliches to work right. with. But they, oh, they God. do the yeah. the blue wire or the green wire, the you know trope. Yeah. But then they throw in the like, hey man, or like Quirk teaching him how to gamble, which is a nice little spin on it. Like because the guy's like, oh, we don't take chances. We that would screw up our profit if we took all these chances when we didn't need to we, you end up losing money when you gamble but and then cork is like yeah but it's not fun where do you you know like do your people have sex uh, no wait going way back to uh move along home <laughs> it was like oh yeah but, but just like just the thrill of it come on you have to take risk and you know I mean, they're playing with two archetypes i think that the joy from it is that it's a it's pretty self-contained and it's two solid actors doing sort of bit work that that works Right, when yeah. he pulls a little thing out and like, yeah. uh, greed, like you know, greed lives leads to misjudgment, which can lead to loss of profit. And he's like, no, no, man, that's not what. It is. 
This uh, this also brings me to, like something I wanted to point out. Like, who did Renee Aubergenois piss off? <laughs> did not be in this episode. He, yeah, like two episodes back to back. He was in like a half of a second of this episode, and then he was in like the background of last week's episode. So he's not like it's not like when O'Brien's gone forever and he's clearly like shooting a movie or something. He's on set. He still had to get up and go into makeup at like five a.m. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's on set. They're just not doing shit with him. I don't know. I mean, this is a big cast. They got to put it. Somebody's yeah. got to go in the corner sometimes. <laughs> right. right. Most, you know, and for a whole season, it was Dax almost for like almost all of season two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah they, were, yeah. they originally wrote this episode where it was Odo and Bashir uh, hugging in a closet. <laughs> 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 I never uh, told you. Uh, why didn't you love me? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just. I, 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 you can call me if you want to. <laughs> yeah. I, I've got to change back into my liquid state. And there's no bucket. And Bashir's yeah. like, well, that's, that's what, what are we going to do? And he's like, well, you've got a mouth, don't you? Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. I, I could yeah. go. I could, you would tell me that, that that wouldn't be better than what we saw. Yeah. I was, I'm just trying to make, not make this the crudest podcast I could go well, with. I know, but, right, but still. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, don't spit. Um, uh, oh, perfect. Okay. <laughs> so fan art uh, fans who, uh, yes. who, are, who are pretty good at doing some fan art, right? Uh, there you go. Uh, s- send us that. Send us that shipping. Would Garrick be into that or not? <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, well, who knows, man? Oh, he learns. He learns how to gamble and have a little bit of fun. Uh, they have a nice moment. Then uh, Hannock is pretty cowardly. He's like, "Oh, we gotta go. We gotta go." And say what you will about Quark when like put in the corner. He's he he's decisive. He's like, yeah. "Nope." Yeah, we can't go anywhere. We gotta, we gotta fix this thing, or we're all gonna die. And then, yeah, and they yeah. pick the lock. Yeah. So they pick the thing, and then it looks like a like a clear plastic, like it looks like a clear Coke can. Like it's weird. Oh yeah, that he pulls like, I out. like the design of the the, the Jim Hadar missiles. Yeah. I really like. Oh, the the warhead that was sticking through the wall was. It yeah. did look. It looked like utilitarian. Like it looked like it was. Could have been space age, but also sort of menacing there in the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's sort jumping of, yeah. out at a weird angle. Yeah, it was glowing, glowing like white light, and like yeah, right, it's pretty. Right. Like I liked it. They get out, they blow up the other uh, Jim Hadar warship. They get back to the station, and then they play Dabo. He teaches them Dabo, and then Farmer Hannock is uh, like, oh. Oh, tell me more about those Boolean currency fluctuations. <laughs> I'm ready to. I'm ready to be. I'm ready to be a vulture capitalist now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we gave we we gave the Ferengi shit for not manipulating currencies, but now they oh, but they <laughs> still don't. But. Yeah, I'm sorry to fall back on Ferengi stereotypes, but teach me about your usury ways. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. This is, I've th- I've liked this the least of the season season four so far. Yeah, I think but that's. A, I mean, that's a high bar. I mean, it, it's it, a high bar. Yeah, I mean, it would have been one of my favorites of season one. So, where right. do you guys put this on the re- revisit o meter between one and ten? Four. Really? And I love this. I really like this episode, but like, 
if you were gonna re- like if you were gonna put on a Deep Space Nine, it wouldn't even rank. It was like you know, I it would mean, be a four for you, huh? Uh, maybe five if we put it with season one. Like it's a good one. If I were, I mean, I don't know if it'll make it to my white album for this season or not. James, what my, about you? I don't know. My second viewing of this went uh, like. <laughs> So there was a certain amount of Twitter reading, like, you know, instead of taking notes, uh, like the second thing. Right. I was right. kind of like, I got this all the first time. And like, you know, so it, eh, eh. already the rewatch, I'd put it at like a three, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Out of 10? Out of 10? Yeah, out of 10. The three. Right. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I'd skip it if I'm going to run through the seasons. There's nothing I particularly liked other than Farmer Hog. You know, there's no. Yeah. It's just going, like, oh, look, this guy's in that it. one with Farmer Hoggett in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would so, probably put it at a four, and it would be because of the James Cromwell cork stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that that's enough to make you kind of like, oh, I, you know, if it was if I'm flipping through channels and they have some sort of rerun, I would like wait for those scenes. Yeah, and he's yeah, under. So yeah. That's probably a, a yeah. four. I mean, he's under mm-hmm. so much makeup. It's hard, you know, I had to point out to the person I was watching, like, no, that's that's far. You, it's Farmer Hoggett Hoggett from Babe, and it's like she was like, oh my god, yeah, but she didn't recognize him. Yeah. I I I am a James Cromwell head enough to like hear him by voice. He, yeah, no, I oh, I am yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was he was half turkey waddle in this episode. So yeah, yeah, he was he was pretty. He had a lot. He had a lot of shit on his face. Yeah, <laughs> I can see why actors. I mean, it seems like Cromwell's game, so he probably liked. And like, I guess that in the other, he's played other roles in TNG uh, other than Zephyr Cochran. Like he was in. Multiple TNG. He's played multiple. He's played four total roles. Oh, yeah. Apparently. And the first one. That's, that's getting close to Clint Howard territory. Yeah, it is getting <laughs> close to Clint Howard. <laughs> TNG was on this episode of DS9, and then he uh, he was Zephram Cochran in both this and he showed up in Enterprise as Zephram Cochran. Well, he so, wasn't in DS9 as Zephram Cochran. No, no, no. He was in DS9 as this. Oh yeah, and yeah. Then and then he was in yes. Enterprises, and then and also First Contact. Yeah, it's not that I hated this episode; didn't piss me off or irritate. Right, 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 right. Like, mm. yeah, it's kind of milk yeah. toast compared. I mean, yeah, we've had so many. We've had such great episodes. That yeah, I think this that one's like good, a, but it's just like hard to. I needed, you know, I needed a come down. You know, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, you yeah. Can't like I don't know. It can't be all. Killed. You can't run hot or all. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I yeah, felt like it did necessary stuff for the show that they. You know, it's good to yeah, have this episode. Just yeah, like that—that's what I said. I think it moves the the ball down the field a little bit with the Jim Hadar. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you got the relationship with the Gamma Quadrant. You haven't completely forgotten that they did set up, you know, trade, and then you get to see a little bit of the political like fallout for dealing, like going against the Dominion. I mean, they were yeah. going to straight up kill yeah, yeah, James Cromwell's yeah. character for for just trading with the with the Federation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that was cool to see that and they it, had every time. They go into the Gamma Quadrant. They're like they've been like, oh, we're we're so lucky. There's no Jim Hadar here, and there never has been. So you need to throw in the threat that they could just show up. Yeah, know? exactly. And you have a, I mean, you have unique combinations like Worf and O'Brien aren't common. Um, I mean, I've, I've obviously Worf's new to the show, but yeah. that doesn't that that doesn't that doesn't even become common. Kira and Kira and Cisco, we haven't. Had in a together scene in a long time. Even Dax and Bashir, even though they're friends, like that was like I've complained before. It seems like I've complained before that they don't have a lot of just sort of hangout episodes, right? Where, right. where, where you where you mind a lot of terror. And this is, I mean, this is also it's a battle sequence, but they take a good chunk of the second act to like 
or third act to, to make these sort of just oh, yeah. people hanging yeah. out. It felt weirdly Star Trek-y, though. It or did. As much, deep, as, as much Deep Space Nine work as they did, it was it was weirdly Star Trek-y. Mm-hmm. You know, you had Technobabble and, you know, stuff that needed to be set up and space battles and... Yeah, it could you know, have easily been a TNG episode where sure. Riker Riker's trapped with Worf. They don't usually talk. They got to talk about something. Crusher is trapped in with Troy. You know, you get these unique combinations and, and tension. And no, yeah, yeah, no, you could imagine this episode pretty easily. It's it's one of those episodes where I don't mind this, where it's like almost like a form episode, mm-hmm. like where it's like you know it's kind of pre made. Yeah, yeah. Like the submarine battle, like every you know, everybody gets in a situation and they get separated into groups, and and they they all kind of come together and work as a team, and and everything's fine. Like it's it's a form episode. I don't that doesn't that's not a problem. Like the problem right, is what right. you fill it with, you know. Yeah, you could have sent. You, you could have form. Yeah, yeah. You could have sent like every pairing to a different part of the writer's room, and then had a writer just assemble it all in the one yeah. script. Even. Yeah. Yeah. And then they, they put David Mack's name on it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is probably, I don't know. He, I think this was mostly what he thought of. Um, Iris Stephen Bear thought it was okay. Um, he laughs that the, the, everybody, all the writers laughed at the sequence where the room was filling up with, uh, with fluoride. Turn to the fresh gay. They all laugh at that because it's supposed to be filmed like a submarine when the water gushes into a break in the hole uh, okay. and they have to stop it. And it looked like shit and it did kind of like shit. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Other than that, I think it's fine. Uh, a lot of people talking about how good James Cromwell, how nice James Cromwell is. Yeah. But other than that, not much going on. All right. You guys want to guess on what the good people of IMDb think of this episode? 6.8. Oh, I'm going to say they liked it more than the, the amazing episode we had last week. I don't know, 7.2. All right, boys. Gird your loins. This one's got 686 votes, which I'm going to say the uptick in votes for season four is because it's a good season. Yeah. Like I've, yeah. I've seen that an awful lot. But this one, the the good people of IMDb like this one a lot. It's a seven point seven for them. Oh, really? Huh. People love them some Cromwell. Yeah, yeah they like yeah. The Cromwell, and also it's more of a. We talked a lot about like uh, how conservative are the ratings on IMDb, and if that's the case, this is a. I mean, this is sort of a sort of yeah. dad episode. Yeah, this is like a if your dad reads like patrick o'brien novels or you know like is that is, is that the guy who wrote master commander who wrote master uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. which is like i that is something that i'd like to actually see or like read yeah i'd like to get into the master master commander books yeah but like if, you know you got a, like a dad who reads books about old boats and stuff like that you, you know you can probably dig this this episode this is small c conservative as an episode so <laughs> all right yeah. All right. Any closing thoughts? Next week's episode is uh, a time traveling quark episode. It's little green men. Oh people. shit! All yeah. right. Yeah. So, I'm sure we won't have any opinions on that one. I think it's a well noted. It's a well noted. Oh, yeah. Show isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know what it's about, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, so we got that. So that's fun. I mean, this season four is a it's a gold mine, man. It's uh, we're all watching good episodes uh, coming yeah. and going. So, all right. and then after that, we have the Sword of Kalos, which really kind of starts the wharf stuff. Yeah. So, well, Wade, what do we got in the way of voicemails this week? Oh, we have a few. Um, do yeah. Well, let's move on to that. If there's no risk, there's no thrill. Your way is just barter. If you want to win big, you got to be willing to play the odds. It's like gambling. All right. And here we are in voicemails and emails. Uh, let's just jump into it, gentlemen. All right. All right. Excited about this. Let's make this happen. Yeah. All right. Here's another one. Uh, this, this, is a, this is a great email. Uh, well, I'll just let it speak for itself. It's this new new caller. I believe this is the first time calling. Good evening, guys. Um, I am known on Twitter as Bucky with the good hair. I'm a huge fan of the podcast and wanted to uh, to reach out after listening to Hippocratic Oath response. I don't really have anything substantive to offer in terms of the way Bashir and O'Brien are dealing with each other or Worf and Odo. It's the only real similarities between the two structures are that you have two couples of men at odds with each other. Um, but it is interesting to me in looking at a couple of larger angles. I think that Hippocratic Oath is one of about five or six specific Bashir vehicles that take him from the not know his jackass we get at the beginning of the series and help kind of by punching him in the face drag him into who he becomes um uh, this along with battle lines from the first season where he finally gets to see combat up close and personal um as well as the quickening which is coming up either later at the end of season four or the beginning of season five i don't remember which now, with Worf and his storyline, I think this is the last instance of Worf know that you see in Star Trek. And <laughs> symbolically, with his new position as strategic operations officer, um, it highlights how different Deep Space Nine is from the Enterprise. As chief of security on the Enterprise, he was only responsible for the penny-annie shit of things being stolen out of quarters or, uh, you know, work details not safely closing off plasma conduits or whatever. Whereas on Deep Space Nine, there's so much more going on, and he has to juggle the laws and rules and regulations and customs of the Bajorans and the Ferengi and the Cardassians on a societal level, whereas on the Enterprise, at most, he was dealing with quirky ambassadors every other week. With the no-wharf aspect of it, I think it comes up into play again later on in Season 4, in the episode where he gets, uh, spoilers, I don't want to get bleeped, but where he's in command of the Defiant and things may go awry, or they might not. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, that is an episode wherein he's responsible for what happens versus in this episode, he's still getting direction from Cisco about how to play being on the station. I don't know if any of that made sense, but uh, again, thank you guys for everything. I really enjoyed the podcast. 2017 on a personal note has been a shitty year, and it's helped me get through some of the shittier parts, so keep up the good work. Anybody on Twitter wants to laugh, follow me at Bucky WT Good Hair. 
or search for Malfunction and Ardra, a combination of Malfunction and Eddie from Futurama and Ardra from Devil's Do. All right. He has since shifted his name to Horvidel, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah. I follow him on Twitter and I, and I, and I, and I, I love the shit out of him. Yeah. So, okay. So he, this is, this guy gets the full ROA Twitter endorsement. Yes. Yeah. yes. We put him on the friends of Cisco list. He's on the yeah. friends of Cisco. He's, he's a friend of Cisco. Yeah. Okay. Bucky WT good hair. Bucky with the good hair. Horvidel. Yeah. And he, he brings up a great point about being the end, making, marking the end of the wharf. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is my least what like all right, I hate the mirror universe, like <laughs> recurring tropes and things that pop up during Star Trek. Worf no is like on my list of things that I hate. I don't like I don't like seeing Worf treated like like that as a <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and in I mean this is the and I'm not saying it's not gonna happen again because I notoriously don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> like I've totally forgotten most of the things ahead of us. But I don't think there's a lot of Cisco commanding Worf or being like being totally subservient to to Cisco. There is a lot of Worf. I mean, Worf essentially takes the role of Riker in a lot of ways where he's the less than Kira, who who is the first officer and not to take that from her. But most of Kira, but they kind of do take that from her. <laughs> they kind of do that well because Kira is not Federation, and most of her storylines are not about serving the greater needs of the Federation. Most of her storylines are about being a, a you know a power player and shepherding a you know like a developing nation, state, planet, people like race. But um, and and so a lot of that's necessarily tied in with that the, the Bajoran religion and the the Bajoran greater mythos. Where are you saying that she's the first officer of Bajoran people? Yeah, I mean, I think that she's the first officer. She's on the ship and she's got a key role in the ship, but I'm not taking her in the station and I'm not taking that away from her. But the, sure, no, no, she's but that Reich, Riker was like a Riker was a not a co lead, but he's definitely not that. But he so she he had away missions. He had command when when <laughs> and like like very early on in this in the show with Lacutius and all of the you know where Cisco's wife like it showed that Riker Riker could be a bad motherfucker in the Federation. Okay, yes. Without that, I, and I don't think that Kira, I don't think that's Kira's arc. Yeah, but I think that's Worf's arc. Like I think like if Cisco went down, I think that Worf could he could be the one. That's that's calling the calling the 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 big play, right? And I think that Kira could. No, I'm I not think she so, so wouldn't have she so wouldn't have the interest in doing it for the Federation, though. Like, no, if, she wouldn't care about doing it for the Federation. She's there for Bajoran. Yeah, that ship is a car. That that station is a, is a Bajoran station now. You know, it's a yeah, Bajoran right, right, right. space. I don't think I'm making a capability argument. It's just that's not what her. That's not how her characters use in the way right. that I think that is how Worf's characters use. Sure. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I like anyway, Kira. It's Kira, good, Kira's it's, a great character. I like Kira. I like, it's like it's Kira. good to hear from with Bucky. Oh yeah, with the yeah. More people and or horror of it all. Yes, and we love hearing from new people. Oh, yes, especially yeah. ones that are super fun. And to follow he, on. he he brings up a good point. If you want to call in and like shout out your Twitter handle, you should definitely follow other listeners of Rules of Acquisition on Twitter because mm-hmm. we have a good time together. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah we we. Want more uh, friends of Cisco? Yes. Mm-hmm. There. All right. Well, Wade, before we sign off, and uh, you want to give us the voicemail and emails? Oh, I do. Yes, I very much want to. Yes, uh, give us a call at nine one seven four zero eight three eight nine eight. 
let us know about what you think about whatever you want to talk about. Or send us an email at rulesofacquisitionpodcast at gmail.com. Um, follow us on Twitter at AcquisitionPod. Look out for a Discovery Home Companion. Yes. If it, it might not be out when this airs, but you know what? It's, gonna, it's coming soon. Just know that it's a thing. And subscribe and like and do all the other things that everybody, every other podcast asks you to do. We tease that we have more more good news coming out, but we won't say what. Yeah, yeah. We, we got a lot of stuff in the pipeline. And so, you know, help fluff us up before we get there. <laughs> they are fluffers. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're par- I promise we'll try to make it worth your while. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, uh, I don't have anything to plug this week, but I probably will. Again next week. James, are you anything to plug? No. All right. Um, no plugs. All right. Well, I, I will say if you're in New York, don't go to Wade Bowen's show. The country musician? The country musician that shares your name. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, he's playing he's playing at a venue up here. Go to my show instead. Except by the time you listen to this, it'll probably be uh a day before that show, or you're gonna listen to it and the show's gonna be over with. So who kid who gives a fuck? But uh, fuck Wade Bowen. Oh, wait, I'm Wade Bowen. Uh, <laughs> I just shot myself in the foot. Anyway, Is he a good country singer? I've never heard him. He's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Is he all like Toby Keith, like, bull- like Jesus, Jesus and flags and shit? Or is he, he loves his family. I'll, I'll say that much. But uh, It's hard to write anti-family music. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. But, but if you, I, well, if, if anybody says they love their family, like, of course you love your family. <laughs> if, if you, you don't stop love loving your family, your family, you stop considering the family. I guess there's torture. Yeah. If you don't people, love your family, but... tell me about it. If you do your love your family, just like, just then shut up about it. I understand. Mm-hmm. If you tell me you love your family, I feel like you're a white supremacist, but um, <laughs> all right. I don't think well, on that is. Note, Sorry. I think that would probably be a good place to stop for this week. Yes. So, <laughs> For those of us here at the Rules of Acquisition, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Three to beam out. <laughs> Do you know the cunt weasels that run this show have a call in line where you can express your DS9 wishes and DS9 dreams into their ear holes? They will play them on air and try to be nice to you because one day they hope to sell you Blue Apron snacks and underwear made out of Modal. The number is 917 408 3898 that number again is 917-408-3898. You will probably want to talk about how hot Dax and Bashir are. That is great. These pretentious asses also love it when people say they are wrong. So feel free to do that. James will probably go off on a knowingly obtuse rant about construction issues or political sophistication we know you love that. Again 917-408-3898. Did you know that some Deep Space Nine podcasts have more reviews than us on iTunes? Doesn't that piss you off? Please review us on iTunes. We need to feel loved sometimes.